Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Cocktails and Puppies edition. Oh my god, finally! (gasps) These are, I mean... What a combo. This is the, I mean, this is my favorite combo. It's the best combo. I love both of these things. (laughs) This is like all my Instagram feed. That's it, me too. pictures of drinks and puppies. That's right. And old pugs. Oh, the best. I love an old pug. That's right. Struggling to breathe and bork. Yes, they're so (laughs) gross. They're so relatable and grumpy, but also just so happy to be there. They're just just fed up. They're just, you know, the look on their face just says everything. Everything they want and and don't want. (laughs) They're, They're equal parts content and unsatisfied. Yeah. It is... I was going to say disappointed, yeah. Yeah, disappointed. I think that's the better word. <laughs> Anyways, yes. back to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I can derail any conversation and make it about old pugs. <laughs> I'm not upset about that. I'm not either. Yeah. So uh, today, in between 055, booze made from Chernobyl's radioactive apples. Of course. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and puppies born with green fur. What? Yeah. Yeah. I have so many questions. Yeah. I'll wait. <laughs> I think you're going to answer all of them. But I hope, I hope so. <laughs> it sounds like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit of a mess. It will be adorable at the end, though. Yeah. It will be adorable. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I'm with... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with... Uh, just sitting on the edge of her seat, Marissa Riley. Yes. It's me, um, again, <laughs> on the edge of my seat... So excited for um, this booze <laughs> and these green puppies. That's right. What is going on? <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and uh, she learns everything in real time just like you. It's so, so true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about. Um I still don't know what we're going to talk about, to oh, be I honest. I, I am so clueless on this. I don't know if I should be worried or excited. Both. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Take me there. At, at this point, 55 in between he's in and 50-something episodes in, you should be, uh, you know. Worried. Worried and excited. Yeah, that's what I usually am. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm excited. I'm stressed. And I'm blessed. I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> Don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should begin then. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope you're thirsty because we're heading back in time just a bit to the year no one remembers, 2019. What happened that year? <laughs> it was so long ago. No idea. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and we're taking a lovely stroll through the thousand square mile exclusion zone of a place you may have heard of. Chernobyl. I, I have. And yeah. Yep, this is the stressed part <laughs> kicking in. So we're in the Ukraine, but for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, where is Ukraine and its exclusion zone? Well, I'm glad you asked. Please, everyone, imagine Germany. Okay. There it is. To the right is Poland. Okay. To the southeast of Poland is Ukraine. Ah. There it is. Now, point to the middle of its northern border. Okay. And right there is the State Agency of Ukraine on Exclusion Zone Management. Oh, right. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds very foreboding, and it's understandable. 
Following one of humanity's largest whoopsie daisies in 1986, quote, the zone surrounding the plant was initially declared uninhabitable by humans for 24,000 years. Oh, fair. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> From our source, Live Science. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> turns out the radioactive fallout wasn't distributed evenly, like a blanket across the land. Oh, okay. So this allowed some areas surrounding the plant to make an incredible recovery over the past nearly 40 years. Good to know. Yeah. And my friends, where life finds a way, so does capitalism. Of course. Let's sell some shit. (laughs) Let's sell some shit. Back in 2010, the Ukrainian government announced that several miles where radiation risks were deemed, quote, negligible, Mm -hmm were to be opened to tourists and thrill-seekers alike. <sighs> of course, of course, with heavy, heavy supervision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ever since, Chernobyl has become one of the top tourist destinations in Ukraine and even the world, hosting tens of thousands of people a year. It also has a huge presence in pop culture, like... I mean, between the number of video games and horror flicks about the place, it's just too many to count. I Every time I turn around, there's something new on Netflix. Yeah. There's a new story about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end of my sentence. It's <laughs> everywhere. It follows me everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the place had another surge in popularity, coincidentally or not, in 2019, thanks to a little HBO miniseries called Chernobyl. Yeah. Tourism to the site skyrocketed by another 30%, bumping up visitation numbers to over 124,000 that year. Okay, um, well, if I wasn't stressed before, I am now. Um, (laughs) I'm really stressed about this. You guys! So, this is all great news, but there's always a but. Yeah, yeah. The money from all that tourism has barely made a dent in the lives of residents living around the zone. Yeah. Nature has no problem rebuilding itself. But when economics and politics are involved, it can take generations to improve a human life. Oh. Enter Jim Smith. All right, Jim. <laughs> a little bit about Jim. Uh, he's a professor of environmental science at Portsmouth University. Okay. Uh, it's located on the southern shore of merry old England. Oh, uh, righty-ho. What? <laughs> I don't know. Is that a... the Biscuits. <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. Is, uh, is any of that British? I'm so, so sorry to our British <laughs> listeners. I, I'm i hungover. It's fine. <laughs> I thought I watched a lot of Bake Off while drunk, and it just kind of stayed with me. Um, it was like 2.30 in the morning. It was 2.30 in the morning, and I was still <laughs> drunk. And I was like, oh, my God, they're baking. <laughs> Jill, have you seen this? And yeah. she was like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> and yes. And I watched it with you. So. She did watch it with me. I was like, good partner. So great. Uh, yeah. And he's downright obsessed with Chernobyl, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's been studying the accident since 1990 and obtained his PhD with a dissertation on Chernobyl radiocesium. Jesus. What a word. Yeah. Also, good for Jim. Yeah. Way to, I mean, way to be an excellent nerd. This is pro-nerding oh, happening right big here. Time. He, he was so nerdy about it, he got a fucking PhD. On one thing. Very specific thing. Yeah. Uh, he made his first visit to the site in 1994 and has been a consistent presence ever since. So he's seen some shit and some hardship around town. Yeah. Yes. And he wanted to do something about it. Dr. Marissa, let's join together and tell the good people out there what idea he came up with and what company he developed to make that idea come to life. I, I would love to elaborate on this. Okay. From the company website... Uh, atomicvodka.com. Whoa. Uh, 
Quote, the Chernobyl Spirit Company is a social enterprise aiming to produce high quality artisan spirits or moonshine from the land in the areas of Ukraine abandoned after the Chernobyl accident. Oh mm -hmm. my God. More than 30 years after the accident, we believe that what these areas need most is economic development and management of unique wildlife resource the abandoned areas represent. A group of Ukrainian and UK scientists have been studying the transfer of radioactivity to crops, both in the main exclusion zone and in the Narodaichi district within the zone of obligatory resettlement, where land can't be officially used for agriculture, but people can live. Interesting. <laughs> the, research, the research shows distillation of fermented crops leaves many heavier elements in the waste product, so the dis distillate alcohol is much more radioactively pure than the original grain. Mm. We have used distillation to re re reduce radioactivity in the crop even further to make a product from Chernobyl, which we hope people will want to consume. At least 75% of profits from sales of Atomic will go, Atomic with a K, will go to supporting communities in the effective areas and wildlife conservation, end quote. So what I was a little stressed about before, yeah. I'm still a little stressed about, but I'm yeah. happy it's for a good, yeah, uh, a good, what's the word? Cause? Cause. <laughs> yeah. For a good Cause I am cause. processing a lot of tequila in my system, <laughs> in my system, yes. in my susu studio. <laughs> Ignore me. You got it. You're doing it. Anyways, you're, you're pulling through. I'm pulling you're doing great through, but back to the Chernobyl spirit. Yeah, uh, that's right. My friends, Professor Smith and his team got the idea of harvesting local Chernobyl rye all in the name of producing sweet, sweet alcohol sold under the brand name Atomic with a K, like huh. you said. Huh. There you go. Now, you probably have a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> One of them is probably, is he for real? Yeah. Is this really safe? Is it? So <laughs> let's break it down. Back in 2016, a Greenpeace report entitled Nuclear Scars, The Lasting Legacies of Chernobyl and Fukushima was released on the accident's 30th anniversary. And they found the amount of cesium-137 and strontium-90 had overall fallen somewhat, mm -hmm. but... You guessed it. They're still very much around. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know we've talked about cesium-137 before. Yeah. I'm guessing strontium-90 is, uh, or strontium-90 yeah. is similar. It's, you know what? It's bad. I, I would just say it's bad. I know more about cesium than the strontium. Yeah. You know, it's, strontium, I guess, is just the bridesmaid of isotopes. <laughs> no, no one remembers that one. So I think to not look into it. <laughs> love it. Oh. Uh, from the report, quote, it is in what they, the people, eat and what they drink. It is in the wood they use for construction and burn to keep warm. Great. End quote. That makes me feel great. Uh, when it came to grain growing in the contaminated areas, isotope levels had somehow actually increased, mm. um, yeah, which, huh. is, which is uncomfortable news if you're going to use rye. Yeah. So, yeah. Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us what Professor Smith told the BBC about these concerns in the 2019 article, Chernobyl Vodka, First Consumer Product Made in the Exclusion Zone? Absolutely. All right. Quote, uh, there is no more radio, uh, there is no more radioactive than any, this is, this is I'm pulling it? through, I got this. This is no more radioactive than any other vodka. 
any chemist will tell you when you distill something, impurities stay in the waste product. So we took rye that was slightly contaminated in italics and water from the Chernobyl aquifer and we distilled it. We asked our friends at Southampton University who have an amazing radio analytical lab laboratory to see if they could find any radioactivity. They couldn't find anything. Everything was below their limit of detection, end quote. There are so many parts of this quote that I am worried about. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick pick yeah. over. Um, yeah, sure. No more radioactive than any other vodka. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes me worried for all vodkas now. <laughs> It's like, that's why they made me so angry. Um, Very Hulk. You turned in, like, you had a Hulk. Uh, <laughs> where is my phone? Have you seen my friends? Have you seen my friends? Are you my Lyft driver? There you go. This, that was a nightmare. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, we took ride that was slightly contaminated. Yeah. That's hilarious. I know. And then they took water from the aquifer that yeah. I'm guessing is very contaminated. <laughs> It was a couple of kilometers away, but that's the whole point. It's like using Chernobyl Which I'm ingredients. all about yeah. raising money for this cause, oh, using yeah. these resources. That is cool as fuck. I'm just stressed about this sure. product, and I need to know more about it. Yeah. And just the fact that, that they couldn't find anything, everything was below their detection, mm -hmm. that just... that. You know, makes me a little uncomfortable because <laughs> that means there still might be something in it. Might be. Might be. Um, oh, side note. At some point in production, uh, Professor Smith switched from rye to apples. Oh. And I'm not exactly sure the reasoning behind the change. But Great. Okay. That's also, that's also huh. huh. Uh, again, the apples, though, they're still a local produce from the Chernobyl area. So the project and its gold didn't change. It's just, you know. Okay, what, do, what can you say to that? A different yeah. avenue. <laughs> it's a sure. Trend. Exactly. So all you can say is, all right, let's see what happens. So yeah. with those results in hand, that detections were below, you know, below certain limits. Uh-huh. So with those results in hand, uh, the Chernobyl Spirit Company began distilling away, pumping out bottles of atomic vodka for sale exclusively in the UK. Okay. They got the website, atomicvodka.com, up and running, taking advanced orders, uh, they got their labeling and packaging perfected. They even got a bar, a bar Swift in Soho, London, to put an atomic martini on the cocktail list. Oh my god! Yeah. They're gonna make this so cool. Yeah, like people are gonna are gonna be like, oh my god, because it's already so cool. Yeah. Chernobyl is cool. What a weird sentence to say. <laughs> it's become such a thing, big part of yeah. pop culture. Yeah. You know, so it's like making Mad Men cigarettes. Like people yeah, of a certain pretty much. year would be like, fuck yeah, yeah, I'll smoke that. Yeah. So Dr. Marissa, would you like to see a photo of the finished product? I would absolutely okay. love to. And all photos we talk about today will be on our social medias. So come on by and play along. Please do. Here is the bottle. Oh, it's, it's nicer than I expected. Okay, yeah. so I expected something kind of douchey with like a lot of neon and mm. lasers. Like I expected like... <laughs> A bottle of like Ciroc, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, something that people would put sparklers on. This is so tasteful. I want to buy it. Like, it is a beautiful bottle. It's a gorgeous bottle. Yeah. It's got like a minimal um, font. It's got a white label. It's got a picture of uh, uh, a boar. A, a boar. Yeah. And like a little, some wheat or something. Yeah. And then it comes in this 
uh, just this gorgeous bottle and this gorgeous little wood box, like um, raw wood. Mm -hmm. Like, I, and it's so cute. And it's got like a little latch, and it's in like a little bed of straw. It's just very cool. Yeah, I'm, very, I, it's working on me. It's God very tasteful. Damn it! It's really. <laughs> I'm such a. Uh, this word doesn't even make. I'm such a hipster from back in the day. Uh, yeah. That this shit is like. Just yeah. renders me useless. I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, we're a slut. We're a slut for packaging. Oh, we're sluts for packaging. I'm such <laughs> a slut for packaging. <laughs> Put it on a tote. God, it's great. Yeah, yeah. she's a beauty, and she was ready to roll. But my friends, the Ukrainian Secret Service had other ideas. What? Yeah. I love how the Ukrainian Secret Service is going to intervene. Yeah. That is so funny. Uh -huh. uh, according to a press released, press released? A press release published by the company this past May, quote, 1,500 bottles for shipment to the UK were seized on leaving the, dis the distillery and remain in the hands of Kiev prosecutors interesting or kiev sorry okay okay <laughs> dr marissa what's going on here according to the secret service and prosecutors on what technicality did they stop the controversial booze from leaving chernobyl i would love to elaborate okay from the press release quote it seems that they are accusing us of using forged ukrainian excise stamps but this doesn't make sense since the bottles are for the UK market and clearly labeled with valid UK excise stamps. Mm -hmm. End quote. So this is paperwork? Paperwork. They're giving them on a technical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So what is all this fucking red tape? So basically, ex an excise stamp is a type of label that indicates that the required custom duties and tax has been paid by the manufacturer to the company, to the country, where the booze is being sold. Okay. Okay. Now it sounds complicated, but we've all seen these at some point. They're like um, usually taped over the cork or a cap of a bottle when you when you open it and the seal breaks. Like, yes. If you've ever opened a bottle from outside your country of origin, you'll see these pieces of tape. And I actually do have a photo right here. Yes. To uh, I, you see here, Dr. Marissa. I'm looking at them right now. It it really is like a a piece of tape that goes over the top of the um the cork or whatever but it's it's i never thought about it because they look so damn cute yeah they're very they're actually really beautiful they're they're very well detailed yeah it's really pretty I, I like them a lot yeah. um i never thought of them at all i never really considered what the point was i was just like this looks really cute right. and i'm very happy to be a part of this yeah. alcohol <laughs> <laughs> so the Ukraine is holding up Atomic's release to the UK with bureaucracy, and it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, what's the real reason here? Uh -huh. Does the government want to cut? Uh, are they concerned about contamination? As that would be pretty bad PR for Chernobyl and the Ukraine. Yeah. It's hard to say. <gasps> yeah. So while the slow wheels of Ukrainian justice turn, Alina Smirnova. Amazing name. There you go. The lawyer representing the Chernobyl Spirit Company said publicly, quote, this case is a clear example of violation of Ukrainian law by the Kiev prosecutors and the SBU. Oh, shit. They have targeted a foreign company, which has tried to establish an ethical business to help Ukraine. Yeah. The actions of Ukrainian law enforcement agencies are damaging the reputation of Ukraine as an open country for doing business. We still believe that the truth will win. End oh. quote. Fuck yeah, Alina. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know whose side to be on because I don't... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if the, the alcohol is contaminated. I really like the idea 
mm-hmm. of it. I like the idea of making money for this company or this um cause. This cause. Yeah. I, I hope that's where the money is going. Yeah. Um the bottle is really hot. I <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So while they duke it out, you can pre-order a bottle if, oh. if you're in the UK. Uh, the company hopes to win their court battle this month, actually. So you may have that atomic martini soon. Amazing. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. 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 Maybe. Yeah. I think, uh, you know where this shit would be really big? Where? Florida. Yes. 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 And Vegas. Yes. That's all. Oh. They got to, you know. Try, come on over. Bring it over. You won't have a problem. I think, you know where else? <laughs> I think this would work um, just because of the bottle and the story. Yeah. Williamsburg. A little bit. Yeah. The fancy douchey part of Williamsburg, which, you know, I'm not mad about. But it's, you know, people want to go. They want to wear their funny hats. <laughs> they want to be fancy. They want to talk about fancy stuff. And this would be such a conversation piece. Yeah. Do you know where this alcohol is from? Mm-hmm. It's from Cherno- Chernobyl. Do you know what that is? Let me explain it to you. It's a show. Let me no, mansplain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me mansplain it to you. Let yeah. me mansplain it to you. There you go. Yeah. So there's always America. Ah, uh, after the break, it's all about puppies. Ah, that's right. Puppies with adorable green fur. Stop it. Stay tuned. Please do. <laughs> Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. (laughs) And we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime daiquiri we are not historians we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history we hope you'll join us on beyond reproach for some big facts good laughs a little bit of swearing a lot of drinking and a real good time you can find beyond reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and we're back we are so back we're so back and bear with me folks we need to head back in time to the shittiest year for a moment no 2020 no i'm sorry you can't make me go back it was so boring and annoying and awful and everyone died (laughs) it was terrible i'm fine it's fine it was terrible uh but trust me this will be worth it okay okay now fine dr marissa with no context other than the title Uh uh-huh i'd like to show you an adorable video okay it better be good you ready Uh, yes because you're gonna puke it's so cute okay okay now if you're at home and you'd like to watch and puke yes (laughs) search puppy with green fur italy 2020 amazing and you should see an article from cbs news pop up okay all right now i'm pulling that up right now dr marissa tell us what you see oh i'm gonna puke oh my god okay okay Stop it. Pause it? Yeah. Pause it. Okay. Okay, so I see little tiny beanie baby size puppy. If you don't know what a beanie baby is, it's about the size of a large potato. <laughs> um, it doesn't even have its eyes open. Yeah. It's got the little pink nose and the little pink mouth and the little pink paws. Yep. And there's actually a few of these puppies. Most of them are white. Yeah. But one of them, it looks like someone dyed its hair green. Yeah. Like lime green. Mm-hmm. Not that vibrant. 
just like a, a hint of green. Yeah. But it's there. Oh my God. Okay, now they are nursing. Nursing with their mama. Sleeping. Stop it. It actually has a black little nose. Live black. Oh my God. It's snuggling with a friend. Oh my God. A sibling. Sorry. Oh my God. It's making little noises. Oh my God. I can't handle it. It's so cute. I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. Now they're all like mushing around together, you know, as puppies do the mushing. Oh yeah, my God. I know. Are you okay? No. I... <laughs> Um, great. It's that was great. That was great. Why is it green? <laughs> so to understand what in the cute hell is going on here, yeah. pack your bags. We're heading back to the Italian island of Sardinia. What? Yeah, which is an eight-hour boat ride west of Rome. Oh my God! Or an hour flight, depending on your day. Okay. Anyway, we've made it over to the farm of Christian Molo. Molo I got this. Molosi. Malosi. 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 Who has been expecting a bundle of joy from his sheepdog, Spalaccia. 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 Uh, which is, by the way, a beautiful sounding word that translates to mangy. Hilarious. <laughs> so, Amazing. So. Everything in Italian sounds beautiful and delicious. Yep. <laughs> so. Sounds, I want to order that for dinner. Yeah. I want a mangy. I want a mangy. There you go. <laughs> so. Give me a mangy. In early October of 2020, beautiful mangy popped out five pups, four of which had their mother's white creamy coat, and as you saw in the video, the fifth was a pale green. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you've got lots of questions, so let's address the most important stuff first. Uh, this little one was named Pistachio. Stop it! Mm -hmm. Stop it! Ugh! And, God damn it, I'm going to die. It's fucking brutal. Fucking going to die. And we'll be staying on the farm to help its mother herd sheep. Okay, uh, that's really cute. I know. Fuck me. <laughs> Second, the color will fade over time as the fur sheds and is replaced with that creamy coat, which leaves us, which leaves us with number three. Why was little pistachio born this way? Why? Mm -hmm. To find out, let's get all up inside that dog's womb. All right. <laughs> Where we'll find bile and a green pigment called biliverdin. Okay. Which is a which is produced when heme, a precursor to hemoglobin, breaks down. Okay. Uh, now that green color you see when you get a bruise, uh huh, that's biliverdin. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and when that material breaks down further into something called bilirubin, that's when you we see that yellowish color. I'm very familiar. I get bruises a lot because <laughs> I am clumsy. That's right. Uh, in non-human animals, though, biliverdin has an even larger presence and purpose. Uh, according to good old Wikipedia, biliverdin is an important pigment in the avian egg in avian eggshells. <gasps> I've seen these. They're yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Especially blue and green shells. Yeah. Blue eggshells have a significantly higher concentration of biliverdin than brown shells, for mm. example. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us where else we can find this pigment. I would love to. All right. Quote, along with its presence in avian eggshells, other studies have also shown that biliverdin Am I getting that? Biliverdin yeah. is present in the blue-green blood of many marine fish, the blood of tobacco hornworms. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That combination of words made me giggle. Um, the wings of moths and butterflies, the serum and eggs of frogs, and the placenta of dogs. With dogs, this can lead in extremely rare cases to the birth of puppies 
with green fur, end quote. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the placenta, Mm -hmm. which has the spily verdin in it, maybe rubbed off. You got it. Am I right? You're absolutely right. Literally rubbed off on one of these puppies. You got it. But everything's okay with the puppy. Totally fine. Totally normal dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clearly not all the pups in Mangy's little litter were green. And why is that? Just like you said... Well, if you've ever seen a freshly born pup, they're surrounded like in an amniotic sac. Yeah. And in this case, pistachio sac, pistachio sac was damaged just, just a bit, and that bile verdin leaked inside, dyeing oh. its fur a lucky green. Aww. Yeah. By the way, uh, pistachio was born right up, right around this time last year, so happy first birthday to happy that little nut. Happy birthday! That's right. And my birthday gift to pistachio is the big news. You're not the only pup with a green past out there. For you see, there are many green pups in the world, all with equally painful, heartwarming tales. No pun intended. But the one we're about to read will fucking break you. Oh my God. I I don't think I can be even more broken (laughs) after seeing that video. All of you should watch that video. You deserve it. You've earned it. Okay, so... Are you ready for this, though? No, (laughs) Um, but show it to me. Okay. Uh, Let's take turns not crying and reading from the the boston.cbslocal.com article, Boy Finds Perfect Match with Puppy Born with Green Fur. Shut up. Mm -hmm. So this takes place also in October, but it's in 2017. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go first. Okay. 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 Quote, a rare puppy born with green fur met his new owner, a young boy with his own rare condition, Liam McGorty, a 10-year-old who suffers from a rare form of muscular dystrophy. Oh, my God. Liam is also crazy for the color green, <laughs> making them a perfect match. We first met Liam last year, who was a huge Red Sox fan, thrilled to run the bases at Fenway. Aww. Today, he can't walk <laughs> and uses a motorized wheelchair he calls the Green Monster. Oh, my God. My favorite color is green, Liam says. <sighs> um, Pauline Hoogler runs Golden Opportunities for Independence in Walpole, where she raises golden retrievers to work as service dogs. And when Liam was on the waiting list for a furry companion, and where Liam was on the waiting list for a furry companion, when Pauline's dog Bridget had a litter of 10 uh when Pauline's dog Bridget had a litter of 10 and saw one with a green tent, she knew the puppy was perfect for Liam. Of course it was. I called up Kristen and Jeff and said, we have a puppy for Liam and it happens to be green, Pauline says. Liam named the puppy Fenway. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think that's cool that he was once he was green once, Liam says. When I first saw him, I felt happy. (laughs) Pauline explains the green fur. Within the placenta, the mother had some bile, and from what I understand, it leaks into the sack and kind of dyes the coat. That's right. That's right, Pauline. Exactly. Fenway's green fur has faded and is now the color he's supposed to be. This is a ray of sunshine to land right in his lap, says Liam's father, Jeff McGorty. The five-week-old pup will be trained to become Liam's service dog to not only be a companion, but to help Liam do some things he won't be able to do as his disease progresses. It will be like a friend for me, Liam says. Until then, Liam visits his dog and both have already fallen in love, end quote. Yeah, I'm broken. I'm (laughs) done. I'm just... Yeah, I had other stuff to do today, but it can all wait. I just need to curl into a ball and feel for a while. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you should be. <laughs> you should be. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see Fenway when he was just born? Shut or up. it was just born. Of course born. I do. Okay. Like, I, I, I took off my gla- Oh, God! It's even... Greener. Greener. Yeah. It's so cute. It's, it's just like... It's light green fur, yeah. and it's got the pink nose and these little dark ears that are folded over, and it's sleepy, yeah. and it's a tiny puppy wrapped in a towel, yeah. and uh, I can feel my heart just um, <laughs> bleeding out right now. Uh, yeah, I will yeah. never be the same again. Yeah. And uh, would you like to see Liam holding Fenway at five weeks? And oh just God. please sign out. This I just... Last one, I promise. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> last one. Yes. Please tell us what you see and what the difference is. And uh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I don't see... So, okay, first of all, Liam is the sweetest boy I've ever seen. He's wearing head-to-toe green. Um, he looks like an amazing sweetheart. And he's holding Fenway. And Fenway is just a normal golden retriever color, kind of a whitish color. And it's just their best friends, yeah. and um, and this is great. I'm yeah. just really happy this happened. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and incredible. I hope they're doing great now. Yeah, I would love an update. We should we should look into that. <laughs> we should. Yeah, and uh, there you go. All those photos will be on our Instagram and Twitter, so you could also just be shattered today. <laughs> shattered. <laughs> shattered. So. Uh, thank you for listening, subscribing, telling your friends, Dr. Marissa's in tears. <laughs> I may never recover. So. <sighs> uh, you'll be okay. I guess. Yes. We'll, get, we'll get back to, to talking about like anuses or something. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay. Pumped. <laughs> uh, and please stay interesting. Please do.